Hello, and welcome to The Midlife with Kimberly Sampson and Tracy Feldstein. If you're over 40 and under dead, you're in the right place. Hey there, I'm Kimberly Sampson, and welcome to The Midlife Podcast, where we discuss tools and strategies to turn your midlife crisis into your midlife transformation. Some of what you'll hear is from the recipe I use to get myself out of my own midlife funk. Some of what we'll discuss draws on my career in finance and banking and my experiences with entrepreneurship. All of it, my personal experience and my professional expertise are yours to help you design your next best chapter and thrive. We'll also have a special segment called Reinvented sprinkled in every few weeks. You'll hear from inspiring women who have changed course after 40, proving it's never too late to start something new. Join me. Welcome to episode 10 of The Midlife. There's a phrase I picked up in Texas that I probably overuse because unfortunately, it applies to too many people I meet, especially out here in la-la land. She's all hat, no cattle. It describes someone who's got it all going on on the outside, but nothing to back it up. All pomp, no circumstance. In essence, just because a person wears a 10-gallon hat doesn't mean they have a ranch full of cattle. That's the way I feel about most people claiming imposter syndrome. I'm seeing articles on imposter syndrome everywhere popping up more and more, and I'm a little annoyed about it. Hence today's podcast topic. Articles with imposter syndrome in the headline feel increasingly clickbaity. The thesis of most of them just giving people an excuse to write off their procrastination and inertia. There, there, dear, it's not your fault is not my idea of productive advice. To be clear, imposter syndrome is legit. It was first identified by two psychologists in 1978. People truly suffering from imposter syndrome feel chronically inadequate, but there's a huge qualifier. These feelings of self-doubt and intellectual fraudulence persist despite massive evidence of personal and professional success to the contrary. This person usually has overwhelming external proof of competence. They're highly regarded by their peers and clients, but they're unable to internalize those feelings of success. Women tend to suffer more often than men, but interestingly, imposter syndrome doesn't correlate with low self-esteem or lack of self-confidence, although it does track with perfectionism. But are you starting to see the broad difference between the scientifically diagnosed syndrome and the pretty articles that pop up on your social media feeds supposedly about imposter syndrome? I believe many people, women especially, are getting bad advice for something that doesn't really apply to them. Providing you're not actually suffering from imposter syndrome, I think most women fall into one of two categories. The first group is the one that is struggling and becomes paralyzed by the pretty people advice. You know what I'm talking about. It's the Facebook or Insta post with an overexposed light and airy photo with a 30-something lamenting about how she was suffering from imposter syndrome just like you, but now she knows her worth and OMG, she can help you find yours too. I badly want to start a letter-writing campaign to these chicks to tell them they weren't suffering from imposter syndrome. They're actually just imposters. This pre-packaged imposter syndrome advice is the societal get-out-of-jail-free card that's convinced people that it's okay to behave like a five-year-old. Look, mommy, I'm a princess. That you're entitled to hold yourself out as an expert and back your way into success. It's a force field to fake it until you make it. We have legitimized lack of personal responsibility. Overcoming imposter syndrome isn't a mindset reset that will magically make you successful. Remember, people truly suffering from imposter syndrome are already successful. They just don't think they deserve to be or they think they got lucky. 
What many women in midlife are actually feeling is stuck. Maybe you have a business idea and you can't get it off the ground. Maybe there's something you'd know you'd like to do, but you don't feel equipped to do it. That's not imposter syndrome. This is going to sound harsh, and I don't mean to hurt anyone's feelings, but I think there's a distinction to be made. The feelings that we are now assigning to a widely accepted diagnosis may actually be your internal alarm system trying to tell you the truth. You are not living an authentic life. What I'm unequivocally not saying is that you shouldn't have aspirational goals. I want you to have big-ass goals that feel barely attainable and maybe even slightly outlandish. But there's got to be some small thread of reality, a stitch from which you can pick up and weave a detailed plan to achieve those dreams. If it's a business you want to start, have you researched your market, devised a marketing plan, figured out how to capitalize it? Is there something you want to do, but you don't have the required skills? Don't just jump into the deep end, study up. That doesn't mean you have to go to traditional school per se. The internet is your learning lab. I'm even starting to question the formal institutions we know as school. There's literally nothing you can't learn from home at this point. You can even earn a master's and doctoral degree potentially without even leaving your home. And please don't discount your personal experience. What I'm frustrated by right now is the doctor's note signed imposter syndrome that gives you an excuse to stay put where you are and not get in the game. This isn't a 1980s PE class where you can embarrass your teacher by saying you have your period so you can sit on the bench. This dime store advice tells you you can just steward smiley your way to success. It's not your fault. You're good enough. You're smart enough. And people will like you. And then you crash and burn because the problem was never imposter syndrome and no one advised you properly on actionable steps to achieve your goals. Now for many, when those alarm bells misdiagnosed as imposter syndrome are going off, it is truly a crisis of confidence. Unfortunately, that is a widespread female epidemic. This is the second group I want to address. Remember, women actually suffering from imposter syndrome generally have high self-esteem and confidence. If your self-worth is suffering, this requires a completely different solution. In midlife, I know many women suffer a crisis of confidence because you come to a point where you recognize you're not living up to your full potential. You feel stalled in your life and stunted in your growth. The walls are slowly closing in on you, but you feel powerless to change your situation. You don't even know where to start. You are not an imposter, but you are living a life inauthentic to who you really are. There is hard work to be done both on yourself and your goals. This is the time to take your personal owner's manual out of the glove box, fire up your internal GPS, and design the life you deserve to live. It's not too late, and you are not too old. I hope eventually imposter syndrome leaves the popular lexicon, that it ceases to be a thing, and that it stops being a crutch that people can hang their feelings of misgiving on. I'll bet you have a knot sitting in your chest. I believe that not isn't imposter syndrome, but the conflict between the life you are living and the life you are truly meant to live. It's time to reconcile the two. As far as I know, we don't get a second chance at this and we don't have unlimited time. Hopefully there's one thing you're learning about me, that I believe in action and results. Otherwise, what's the point? I am a huge believer in goals and purpose and devising a careful and systematic plan to achieve your goals. But I also know you need to start where you are by examining the truth and facts about your skills, training, special gifts, and even your inherent genius. I also know that we are all guilty of not giving ourselves enough credit. You have superpowers. I know you do. I can show you. And I know that you may have a history of bugging out at the first sign of adversity when it comes to achieving your personal happiness. 
The cure for this is creating a Supreme Court-worthy case that you can make to yourself of how you're qualified and why this goal is important to you. It's a case you can refer back to when doubt comes a-creeping. It's setting forth actionable steps that lead you to benchmarks and goal completion, but it's flexible and changeable. You know how I make a big deal about being able to change your mind? Because this process may warrant it. As you progress towards goals, you learn a lot. Maybe it's something simple like you plain old don't like whatever it is you're doing. Maybe it's something big like a total failure in part or whole of your plan. In my process, that doesn't mean you scrap the whole thing. The best part of working a plan is not just that you reach your goals, although that is euphorically fantastic when that happens, but actually, the best part is who you become in the process of attaining or attempting to reach that goal. Your transformation may set you on an entirely different path, and as long as there's that thread of continuity building and layering, you'll crush it. If this process sounds exciting to you and you want to have the opportunity to work with me, Please join the interest list forming now for What Do I Want to Be When I Grow Up? Midlife Edition. In this program, I'll take you through extensive exercises to help you figure out the authentic life you want to be leading. More importantly, I help you craft an actionable plan to actually make it happen. I'll have a link in the show notes or you can go to my website, www.themidlife.co and add your name to the interest list. As always, expressing interest in the course doesn't mean you have to enroll. It just puts you in line for information. Also, I limit the number of students at a time because of the direct coaching component. And first dibs on slots go to the people on the interest list. I want you to live your next best chapter, but I don't think we have to give it some pop culture identity to get to work. Roll up your sleeves and join me. Have thoughts on today's podcast? Hop over to my private Facebook group, Muddling Through the Midlife, and let's chat. I want you to know that this is a safe space to discuss all things midlife. I regularly decline people asking for admission when they don't answer any of the membership questions, or if their Facebook page started three weeks ago and there are no friends or posts, just a profile picture of their dog. That's actually a true example. I'm not looking for numbers to boost my ego. I'm interested in building a true community of like-minded women. So usually this time of year, I'm getting kind of excited for the next school year. I always enjoy getting the boys ready with new school supplies, clothes, backpacks, lunchboxes. Although this year is feeling like all seasons that I mark time by have been canceled. You too? But what's helping me move week to week productively is knowing that you're listening. Maybe the podcast is a weekly anchor for you too. I hope so. I'm really excited about next week's podcast titled, Was Westworld Really a Parable for Midlife Crisis? If you are a fan of the show, you will love this. If you've never watched Westworld, I highly recommend checking it out. But even if you've never seen an episode, my Cliff Notes version will be enlightening and entertaining. Have a good week. Please stay safe and healthy. 